0: THIS IS NO TIME FOR A CASUAL FAITH. THIS IS NO TIME FOR A CASUAL FAITH. THIS IS NO TIME FOR A CASUAL FAITH. I'M REPEATING THOSE WORDS BECAUSE THEY ARE SO, SO VERY TRUE. And not just because they are true for this time, but because I actually believe that they have always been true. This is no time for a casual faith. We say that today in 2018. We said that in a different way in 1992, in a different way in 1985, in a different way in 1957, in a different way in 1949, in a different time, and a different way in 1901, 1833, 1784, 1633. It has never been a time for this congregation, and I believe for Unitarian Universalism in all of its forms, to be a casual faith. I had prepared somewhat of a a history lesson, which I'll give you a a brief, very brief sample of, but I think we've heard our message for today. And the reason I wanted to bring this history lesson of closing the book is because we do have a very, very strong foundation that comes to us in the form of our books sometimes. It comes to us Through our historic Bibles, the Bible that Will read from at the beginning of this service is the gift of Phoebe Gardner Horsford in memory of Eben Norton Horsford in 1897. It was so much not a casual faith that she spent an inordinate amount of money on an incredibly beautiful hand-printed Bible, priceless. I have in front of me the Bible that was used during our our time for all ages this morning. It was given in memory of Patrick Tracy Jackson and Eleanor Gray Jackson by their son Frederick Gray Jackson in 1949. Again. And it's not just about the expense of these big, printed documents. It's about what that says, what that statement is. To say to a community that you're a part of and the one that you love, I love you so much, I want you to carry on the word that most inspires me and gives me hope. This building, historic building that it is, 1833, it being built, at one point in its history, there were four panels, four large panels that had quotes from the Bible. The first panel was John chapter 4, verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The second panel was Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. The third panel was John chapter 14, Verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The fourth panel was Micah, chapter 6, verse 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. So important were these words that they were literally painted on the walls of this building. 19th century graffiti. It's still up there somewhere. Then in 1915, those panels were changed, and that's an important thing to hear here, those panels were changed and switched out so that only remaining would be the quote from Micah, and something new. It was our bond of fellowship, the covenant of this church. In the freedom of truth and the spirit of Jesus, we unite for the worship of God and the service of man. All of this text doesn't necessarily suit us today in a world of inclusion, in a community that thrives on, on inclusion, that thrives on the love of for each other. There's problematic language throughout there. There's problematic language throughout the Bible. I mentioned that last week. But it's the underlying message underneath that. There's an urgency to these. These are quotes from the Bible, but more importantly, they're the words of Jesus from the Bible. There's a whole lot you could choose from that aren't quotes. But this congregation felt it was so important that there was a message that they wanted emblazoned across the building and then kept it, even in 1915, this passion to share the importance of what we do and who we are here in this community. But that attachment changed. We shifted. One of the major shifting points, one of the major points of change for this congregation was in 1985 when the congregation declined to join the Association of Christian UU Congregations. This is an excerpt from the statement that we put out about that. Our covenanted free church tradition calls us to be open to theological diversity within the local congregation. Theological labeling is a retreat into exclusion. We seek a more creative effort toward inclusion and believe that it can be done. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. The same people who had put up those bold statements made this bold statement, this bold public statement, this resistance to... (laughs) the association, and staked a place in the movement. A much more difficult time came in 1992, and some of you were here through that period, when the congregation began a process of questioning the relevance of those panels that had remained for all those years. And there was this from the Meeting House News, the panels on either side of the pulpit in the meeting house which display the bond of fellowship of the church on one side and the biblical passage Micah 6, 8 on the other have been problematical for many members and newcomers to the church in recent years. The bond of fellowship was adopted by the members of the church in 1896. Many believe that it no longer speaks for a majority of the congregation today, 1992, nor is it inclusive of all those who participate with us in worship and in fellowship. 1992. And so, they were covered. They were ultimately painted over. They are behind our beautiful paintings today. But let me remind you folks that the paint is still there, underneath all the layers and why do I want to remind you of that? Not for guilt, not to bring you back to Jesus. though well, you're welcome to go there if you want. <laughs> but to remind you of why those words were put on the, on the walls. The passion, the deep commitment that had us literally writing our beliefs on the wall. And all of that commitment is rooted, grounded, centered around inclusion. That's what sits at the heart of Unitarian Universalism in everything we do. Inclusion, if you go all the way back in history in Unitarian Universalism, in Unitarianism, and in Universalism, it's about inclusion, 100%. How can we include more? How can we include the other? How can we include those we don't know? Yes, people were super limited in their concept of the other at, that, at, at, at those early stages, but they grew and they changed. They changed the walls, they changed the scripture, but they didn't change the belief in inclusion. We still hold that. It is still at the top of our list of struggles as well. Today, we must continue to struggle for access, for those with disabilities and abilities of all kinds. We must continue to struggle for inclusion of those with a wide spectrum of economic needs. We must continue to struggle to welcome young people and to make this a practical and useful and nurturing space for parents and families. And we must always commit and recommit and rededicate to the work around racial and cultural inclusivity. So, although we close the book, we cannot and we should not ever erase the fact that the people who founded this congregation who built this church, they had a pretty good idea and some really lofty concepts about inclusion. Inclusion through freedom. Inclusion in so many different ways, ways they couldn't even imagine, but we can actually activate. As we look forward through some of the work that's happening with the building team, the worship team, the welcome team, music, all of you. Let us remember that although the book is closed, the heart is alive. It beats strong, and it continues to inspire us every single day. blessed be.